after the 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 Grinch. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Does It Hold Up podcast. As always, I'm Adam and I'm Emily. And this week we are bringing you another beloved Christmas movie, holiday movie, from the year 2000, starring one Jim Carrey, my favorite actor of all time, actually. And we are bringing you Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I don't know. I can't wait. It's a movie. I love I watched this movie. It. I, I can't express how much I love this movie since uh, we did a list just this past Tuesday of our top front top 10 favorite horror horror movies Christmas movies Christmas movies and uh, it's my number two yeah so so this will be interesting <laughs> um, all right so we all know the story of Grinch he hates Christmas he lives in a mountain above Whoville they all sing and love stuff about Christmas and he hates it so he goes and steals all their presents on Christmas Eve then they all rejoice anyway, and so his heart grows three sizes, and he returns everything. Happy ending. Woohoo! It's like 20-something minutes. 26 minutes, 26 yeah. 26 minutes short back in 1966. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's like one of the first Christmas movies I ever watched. It was mm-hmm. wonderful. This one decided to take that 26 minutes and make it an hour and 45 minutes. I even wrote down in my notes that I thought this was a two-hour-plus movie when we were watching it. Because I was like, holy cow. I just, it felt like it kept going. But it's only an hour and 44 minutes. And with that extra time, they give you some backstory to the Grinch. What was he like as a child, as a baby? What's Cindy Lou Who up to instead of just knocking on his door and being like, yo. Yo. (laughs) Want to come to a party? Like... I don't know. Yeah. It's They add a lot of stuff to this movie. Some of it's good. Some of it's bad. We'll get into that. But they expanded a 12-page book in a 26-minute short into an hour and 45-minute movie. Yeah. Insane. I love it. Insane. <laughs> All right. So normally this is where we'll talk about characters, but we're flipping stuff a little bit. And we're actually going to talk about the critical response to this movie and the budget before we get into the characters and the basis of the movie. Yeah. So Emily has our critic stuff today. Yep. So what do we got? Uh, Roger Ebert gave it a two stars. Yeah, that sounds right. Which is sad to me. And this is a quote from his uh, review. The balance is off. There should be more scenes establishing sympathy for the Grinch, fewer scenes establishing his meanness, more scenes to make the townspeople seem interesting, a jollier production design, and a brighter look overall. Of course, I may be wrong. As the Grinch himself observes, one man's toxic sludge is another man's potpourri, or vice versa, I'm afraid. Yeah, okay. I get it. I I, I get it. I appreciate that he put in the one man's toxic sludge is another man's potpourri, because this is definitely a potpourri movie for me. Yeah. (laughs) One of the reasons that we always put Ebert quotes in here is, one, he's not one of the most recognizable critics of all time for no reason. Yeah. He is very, he understands film. He loves film. He he understood film his entire life. He knows what he's talking about. He doesn't just go in and go, I hate this movie because I hate this movie. He always has something, but he always looks at like both sides of it as well. Where it's like, just because he didn't like the movie doesn't mean you 
won't like the movie. Well, that's a problem with a lot of critics nowadays. It's like they go into movies and it's like, I don't like superhero films, but I'm going to review the superhero film and, and then I'm going to tell really you poorly not to watch it because I didn't like it. And yeah. It's like, no, no, no. It's cool that you didn't like it, but let people make their own choices. Yeah. So like, again, that's one of the things about this podcast is we're not deciding for you if this movie holds up. We're just kind of talking and reviewing the movie, going through some points to decide if it holds up for us. And we'd love to hear if you have a dissenting opinion. Exactly. Like, <laughs> we love that. So, okay. What else we got? We got our Rotten Tomatoes scores. Yeah. The critic score currently sits at a 49%. So just under that mid-range. Okay. And okay. Uh, audience isn't much better at a 56%. The audience is a little surprised. The critics, not so surprising. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Coming off Ebert's thing. I mean, he gave him two out of four stars, which is a 50%. Critic score currently sits at a 49. It's even. Yeah. The audience, on the other hand, I thought would be a lot higher. Maybe not a lot higher. Maybe like high 60s. Yeah. Low 70s. I feel like a lot of people soured on this movie a lot for uh, some reasons we're going to bring up later. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, I feel like if Rotten Tomatoes existed in 2000... Well, it did exist in the year 2000 when this movie came out, but it wasn't, like, as popular as it is now. It wasn't the yeah. voice of critics because each newspaper had their own critic. Yeah. I feel like back then, we would have seen really different numbers, so it's really interesting to see what new critics are talking when it comes to, like, these older movies. Because mm -hmm. this is one where it's like, wow, not at all what I expected. Not at all. Same. Um, and then what's our last critic uh, score? Our last critic score is a cinema score, which is, uh, you you describe it best. Yeah, it's just uh, cinema score polls a bunch of people who saw a movie on opening night, and they ask them to give it a grade, like if you were in school, mm. A plus to F. And then they just compile that and say, what's the average score for this movie based on expectations? Not if the movie was good or not. I mean, that obviously factors into it, yeah. but this is more based on... The movie, the, the trailers told me this, and the movie gave me exactly that, mm -hmm. or it gave me nothing like that. Yeah. So it, it's an interesting thing to look at, because when you're looking at the Rotten Tomato score, like, it's only a 56 now, but Cinema Score is a... Oh, the current one. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were still, like, describing what a Cinema Score is. Uh, it is a currently an A-. minus. Well, it's not currently. Oh. It will never change. Fair. Once it gets its grade, it's it's graded. It so is an A minus. It's an A minus, mm -hmm. and yet current score is only a fifty six, which is an F. Yeah, and that's I mean it's not a direct comparison. Obviously, Rotten Tomatoes rates things way differently than Cinema Score, but it's a bad score for a movie that got an A minus Cinema Score. So yeah. meaning back in two thousand, people liked it. They they got exactly what they thought they were going to get. So just interesting. Very. Moving on to uh, some of the box office budget money stuff, because that's things I love. <laughs> and I love talking about it. New movies, old movies, I don't care. Box office stuff, I'm all over it. Numbers, give it to me. So the budget for this movie was roughly $123 million. It's a lot of money in 2000. Yeah. So I mean, there's movies made for that now that we go, oh man, that's way too high of a budget. But whatever. They, studio paid it. So domestically which includes just the U.S. and Canada, um, it brought in $260,348,825. So roughly 
what, 2.2 times its budget yeah. domestically? Not terrible. Not, not great. I was going to say not great. Yeah, not great. Yeah. Not terrible. Um, total, worldwide though, it brought in $345,445,403. So about $85 million more internationally. That's a pretty healthy number though. Yeah. You know, that's taking it to like 2.8-ish times its budget. That's that's good. It's kind of what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then wanted to do something different, something interesting that, you know, a lot of people, when we when you talk about older movies, it's hard to think about like what the money was then versus what money is now, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of just like, I, I don't know, you said it made money, it's fine. Yeah. So we're going to look at it adjusted for inflation because obviously movie tickets cost way less in 2000 than they currently do in 2022. Mm-hmm. So... By the way, all numbers are provided by the-numbers.com. Uh, wonderful place to get box office information, things like that. That's where I pull a lot of my info from, but then I reference that to a bunch of other different sites as well to make sure that like I'm not being bamboozled and given false information. Um, I used to use Box Office Mojo, but then they were like, hey, we're behind a paywall now if you want the all the information. And I'm like, yeah. no thanks. Um <laughs> So we're going to adjust for uh, inflation, which is roughly the 2021-2022 prices, Mm -hmm. and adjusted for inflation, this movie would have made $442,175,988. Dang. Almost double what it made. Yeah. 1.7 times what it made. That's what what inflation is right now. Now... Here's two pieces of information I thought were interesting. In the current year, 2022, and I know we still have Avatar, Way of the Water, coming out. And I expect that to be huge. Gangbusters, yeah. It's going to do, <laughs> you know, 300, 400, 500 million domestically. So we're just not going to include that because it's not out yet as time of recording. Right now in 2022, The Grinch, adjusted for inflation, would be the second highest grossing movie of this year. Only behind okay. Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, and that had to be in the box office for a long time. Well, I mean, it it was above this this total by like its end of the first month. Oh. And then it just slowly kept going and going and going. Um, so that's just interesting. But then I was like, ah, you want to know what? We're still kind of coming out of a, a global bastard that wreaked havoc on theaters. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let's go back a few years and take a look at what the adjusted would be. 2019 prices, 2021 prices, very, very similar. So I, I didn't adjust it again. I just used this in this adjustment because they're pretty much the same. But it would have been the fourth highest grossing movie in 2019. The last full year of a regular theatrical experience. Mm-hmm. Fourth highest movie of that year. That's insane. It was the number one movie when it came out in 2000. And it's still, 20 years later, would have been the fourth highest grossing movie. And yet, it didn't profit that much. It didn't profit that much, and it's only 56% audience score. Yeah. So, it's that's why I like looking at all this stuff, because the critics and the audience scores don't always match the box office, but the box office isn't always representative of how good a movie is. Oh, yeah. So, it's nice to kind of just look at all of it, but just insane to me. Insane. 
All right, going into our beloved characters category here, we're going to talk about all the main players. First up, I want to talk about Max the dog, because it's a dog, and I will always talk about the dog. It's so, he's so cute. He is. Uh, Max was played by a female named Kelly, who was, as far as I could see, a beagle, dachshund, and terrier mix. Hmm. Cute. That's it. Just needed to say that. Yeah, uh, while I was looking it up, I realized uh, the voice isn't given by that dog. No. It's multiple dogs plus a voice actor. Yeah, because you need certain inflections. You need it to speak when in certain ways, so you kind of got to play around with it in post. Yeah. I'm sure that dog contributed in some way to yeah. that vocal performance. Next up, I want to talk about Lulu Who, who is the father of Cindy Lou Who, played by Bill Irwin. What do you think of the character, and was the acting good? Oh, the acting was great. I loved him. Uh, he was basically our <clears throat> intro into that world. He was the baseline who that we were having to change throughout the movie. Uh, we got to see the world through him as being the one who's like, I'm all in on Christmas and how things are. It's great. And then you have other characters that are questioning it or fighting against everything else. So, like, he is our baseline who. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he is. Um, interesting character. He's not in a lot of the movie, but when he shows up, you know that's kind of going to be an important part of mm-hmm. the movie and you need to pay attention. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoy the character and Bill Irwin is, is good in it. Yeah. I don't think he's a standout. I don't think I walk away from this movie going, man, he was so good. But he also doesn't distract me. So he did his job. Yeah. Uh, next up, I want to talk about Martha May Huvier, mm-hmm. who is the Grinch's love interest, because apparently in this movie, he needed that. Yeah. That is played by Christine Baranski. Number one, she's gorgeous. I yeah. love her hair. She's just so perfect she's, in this movie. She's the hottest of the who's. Uh, yeah. Which is funny because if you ever noticed, she has a very human-like nose. It's mm-hmm. not as long and pointed and upturned as everybody else is. And I assume that's because they wanted to keep her more attractive than anybody else. Yeah. So they were like, more human nose, more relatable. We'll see that as more attractive. Yeah. Just something I noticed watching the movie. I was like, why is her nose different? Yeah. But, you know, what are you going to do? I don't care for this character i didn't really care for the whole romance subplot type thing yeah that they had going and well, she you don't, do you not care for the character or do you not care for the love story both interesting i don't care for the character simply because of how she's written to be like so vapid and so materialistic but somehow always had a love for the grinch like well it makes I, very little sense she definitely always had a love for the grinch and yeah. If you follow us on TikTok or YouTube, this Friday, well, I can't say this Friday, because it is Friday when this comes out, even though we're recording early, but the same day this podcast is out, if you go to our TikTok or YouTube, you're going to see a fun little short video with a fact about why you know Martha May has always held a flame for the Grinch. Yeah, I just, you don't get enough time with them together. To really know why. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just... That's, eh. we're, I, I want to talk more about that love story aspect a little later. Uh, I think Christine Baranski was great, though. 
Mm-hmm. I think she did exactly what they asked her to do. They were like, hey, be a sexy who that everybody's jealous of, but show a little vulnerability and a little uncertainty with the things that are actually happening around you. And we're going to slowly watch you change as people are mentioning the Grinch more. Yeah. You know, because once he, in the beginning, she's kind of like, ooh, check out my light gun. Do, 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 do. And you're like, Wow, she's just really rubbing it in on these neighbors. Mm-hmm. But then the minute the Grinch starts getting mentioned, all of a sudden you see a little bit softer side to her, a little bit more unease with dating the mayor, a little bit more unease with the way she's treating people. You just see this little little bit happening. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really interesting thing to watch with this character. Because it's like, oh, she thought the Grinch was gone forever, so she's just going to be a total bitch. But then all of a sudden he might come back. Okay, then. Yeah. Interesting. That's it. Uh, next up is Mayor Augustus Mayhew, played by the always delightful Jeffrey Tambor. What do you think? He is the true villain of this story. He's the MVP. Well, he's the real MVP of this movie for me. She, he is just so vain and power-hungry and abusive that... It, it makes your skin crawl. Yeah. I mean, he literally yells and berates at uh, Cindy Lou Who in front of the entire town twice. Yep. This little girl. This, this little, little like, girl. He's girl. like, I'm going to put you down as hard as I can in front of everyone. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, he is the classic bully who was told he was perfect his entire life. So he just assumes that he is and that everyone will love him and be on his side at all times. And the actor portrayed that beautifully. Like, we hate him. And he's not supposed to be the meanest person in the story. Yeah. Well, he is, though. Yeah. That's the weird thing about this movie. It's why he's the real MVP. Because without him, I don't think this movie works at all. Yeah. I think the character is what drives most of the progression of the story. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, obviously the Grinch is the, the centerpiece. But the mayor is what actually pushes everything forward. Yeah, I mean, without his bullying, none of it would have happened. And then without him being the mayor, none of it would continue to be happening. Yeah. And he has to be super unlikable so that we'll side with the Grinch, even though that might not be the case here. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I love the mayor. I think he's a great representation of what a politician is is like for the most part can be like can be like if they abuse their power and jeffrey tambor is just fantastic in it i forget that it's him Mm -hmm. until watching the movie again and then there's like moments where i'm like oh my god you just lost yourself in this role didn't you sir it's it's wonderful yeah Uh, next up before we get to the main event is cindy lou who played by taylor momsen Mm mm-hmm I, I got to hear it. She's so adorable. I love her in this movie. Uh, I highly appreciate that they gave her more to do than just in the original uh, book and short movie. I think giving her that existential crisis, basically, of like, I don't like the consumerism of this holiday, how it's making everyone so crazy and stressed and it, it should just be about family. And... I relate to that 
on such a personal level because growing up I did have those kind of thoughts of like, wait, why yeah, why is everyone so stressed? She's not a character. She's an idea. She's not a character. She's definitely a character. She's not though. She's the idea of change. So that that's it. That's her. It's someone having purpose. a personal crisis that but you're not. Per- but you're not listening. Starts train. She's not a character. To you, she's an entire idea, and that is all she is in this movie. They used her as a plot point to further the story. She's not. We don't see anything outside of, hey. Why Christmas? And we should get the Grinch involved. That's not a character. She's not. I mean, that's dimensional. What was- important to the movie yeah but it doesn't but important to the movie is one thing but we spend a lot of time with her to know nothing more about her we know nothing more about the mayor than i'm evil we don't spend as much time with the mayor and the mayor is meant to be evil that's the whole crux of the mayor and we know he also has a soft side we also know that he's not just evil he's also self-centered like we get layers to him cindy lou whose entire thing is just I need to get to the Grinch because he'll fix Christmas because I don't like the way that it is. That's not a character. That's a way for the the writer to go, hmm, how do we push this scene forward towards the Grinch? You want to add Cindy Lou Who to it. That's my problem with this character. I think she is played beautifully by Taylor Momsen. I think she's great. She's adorable. She's lovable. Like, there's moments in it where I'm like, yes, girl, yes. But at the end of the day, I'm just like, what do you add to this other than being the progression for the Grinch to come to town? Being the catalyst and the whole reason and everything for this For movie? the Grinch to come to town, yes. Like, Christmas changes because of her. Christmas Not changes so much because, because of the, the Grinch. Grinch steals presents. Without him stealing the presents nothing would have changed i don't know i'm i'm just going to disagree that she is her own character i don't think so and that's what bothers me the most because she's in too much of this movie to be so minimal if they would have removed 50 percent of her scenes it would have played better for me because i would have been like nope she's just there for this reason and her interactions with people would have had better context if she was only in 50 percent of her scenes all right last up is the grinch played by my favorite actor of all time jim carrey i mean he is my grinch 100 percent. i will honestly say i'm not a fan of the animated one from 1966 i don't really care for it but this is my grinch this is young people <laughs> how dare you how dare you besmirch the name of Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas 1966 animated short. I, I guess it was too short for me. It just was like, eh. Yeah, you got a problem with short things? <laughs> That's not okay. I am short. <laughs> I am five foot eight. I am short. Anyway, you have a problem? Jim Carrey outside? is a joy. Jim Carrey is a joy. He's he 100% a joy. He goes 100% into this character, body and soul, and I highly appreciate everything that he has done for the story he has given so much with getting so little for this character so yes i agree that jim carrey is showing a masterclass of his acting in this movie because the script does not serve him 
very yeah. well. There's moments that the script is like, eh, the Grinch can do something fun here or whatever. But mm-hmm. most of it is just Jim Carrey's performance carries that character more than anything else happening around him. Now, with that said, one thing that I did like in Roger Ebert's review, because I've, I also read it, mm-hmm. is he talks about how good Jim Carrey is, but also says that's not what we paid for. If we think Jim Carrey's in a movie, we want to see Jim Carrey. Layering him under makeup and prosthetics and you don't know it's Jim Carrey anymore, which is sometimes a hindrance because I paid to see Jim Carrey. See, I didn't I didn't pay to see Jim Carrey. I saw Well you didn't pay at all. You watched it at home. <laughs> I mean you never know. But uh I didn't pay to see Jim Carrey. I paid to see his acting ability as this character. Mm. Like, I don't care to see, like, physically see you if I can feel you and hear you in that role. And I do. I feel his spirit come out in that role. See? The spirit of his craziness that he that's where gives I to think, these roles. That's where I think we are going to differ a little bit when it comes to the Grinch. Because I love Jim Carrey as the Grinch. But I don't think it's... Anything like a Robin Williams couldn't have done also. I, so that's where I, I get lost a little bit with I love it. His performance is amazing. But I would have loved maybe when we do more. We'll, we'll get into this in a little bit. But more of the backstory. Maybe we could have seen like Teenage Grinch. And maybe he's not fully green yet. They make him ba- baby Grinch is fully green. He shows up and he looks exactly like the Grinch. It would have been really interesting if he, like, transitioned over time to get to where he looks. And we could have got Jim Carrey in less makeup in, like, younger version Grinch. Something along those lines would have just been nice to have in this movie. Yeah, I guess. Just to let him be, showcase him, not the Grinch the whole time. That's all. But he's wonderful. I, I, I have nothing really negative to say about his performance. I just wish the movie would have served him better the actor okay so okay next up we're gonna go into what does hold up for you so what are some of the things that held up for you in this movie watching it again i love the hyper stylized world that they live in that there's things that we can recognize as being what they are but mm-hmm. they're just so uh, hoovian basically they are made to the extreme so you can know this isn't actually a world a Grinch isn't going to actually come and steal your Christmas. Like, there's no real danger happening here because this isn't your world. But I I just highly appreciate it, and I yeah. like the style of it. Yeah, no, it, the style of it is very interesting. It feels like something we should be able to see, but also foreign enough to know that it's not something we can see. Mm-hmm. Which is a, a very hard thing to do, so it's great. Yeah. Um, one of the things to go along with that is I love the practical effects in this movie. The Grinch's suit is an actual suit. They didn't CGI it at all. Well, sometimes his eyes, the color yellow, Jim Carrey didn't always want to wear the contacts because they bothered him. So sometimes they had to color his eyes in in post. Um, but all the sets were built. A lot of the stunts were performed practically. Like, the hairstyles were all done practically, even though they're insanely weird. I just love how how 
real it feels. Mm-hmm. They they didn't use as much CGI as you would assume they have used. Although they had, I think, like 600 shots of CGI, which is quite a lot. But most of it, I think, is that opening sweep through the snowflake, through the town. All that stuff is a lot of CGI. Yeah. But they don't use as much of it as you would think. And it works really well. I'm a huge fan of practical, so. Fair. Uh, going along with keeping things realistic, I love the little touches towards normality in this world, too. Like, the classic neighbor rivalry between Martha May and uh, Mrs. Lou Who. Yeah. Where it's like, Mrs. Lou, I have to have the best holiday lights because she always wins. And then Martha May is just like, Oh, those are really nice lights. Let me show you what I got, and I'll do it better. Yeah. That kind of classic thing that adults definitely would notice, but, like, kids can still get something out of it, too. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that realism stuff works well in this movie. Um, so the narration, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of narration all the time. I think it's just a trope that's overused way too much to kind of, like, give us story without showing us story. But I think this narration works really well. It helps that it's Anthony Hopkins who's doing it, which is just a joy. But he butts in when it makes sense, which is a nice callback to, like, the book and the classic cartoon. Mm-hmm. So, and it's not overly used. And I just really appreciate how they did it and the parts in which it comes in. So... I really like, too, that we have a moment of the Grinch interacting with him. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that was that was in my nitpicks. Oh, I like I, it. <laughs> part's weird. They don't really break the fourth wall other than, like, that moment. Yeah. And it just comes out of left field. I but, didn't mind it. But, yeah, it, it's funny. I just don't know if it makes sense. But the narration, mm-hmm. I think, is great in this movie. Uh... My next thing is great representation of the over-consumerism of modern-day Christmas. Yeah. The whole idea that it's Christmas is only about gift-giving and receiving and material goods that you can give. Yeah. I, I hate that <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> so having a movie be all about that is kind of great, where it's like, hey, learn your lesson, guys. It yeah. doesn't have to be all about the things. Could it be a little more focused on that? Sure, but, you know, it's good. Yeah, no, that's a it's a great moment in the movie. It's a great theme that's running throughout. Is just clearly the Who's don't know what Christmas is supposed to be about anymore. And it's about the bigger and the better. Yeah. And I blame that on the mayor. I feel like he's kind of pushed that agenda. Yeah, no doubt. A lot. So it just goes, everything goes back to Jeffrey Tambor. (laughs) Um, All right. Uh, Speaking of Jeffrey Tambor, I love the mayor. I think he holds up really well. I think he's a really well-written character to make you hate him so that you have somewhere to place your anger about what's happening. Mm -hmm. And that's rare without him, like, being evil. Like, he didn't kill anybody. He didn't blow anybody up. He's not robbing people. He's not, he's just smarmy. Mm-hmm. and uh jerk and forcing things that he shouldn't be forcing and it's just like wow you really hated without doing a lot and that's just great writing and great performance yeah. so the mayor definitely holds up for me 
Yeah. Uh, I love uh, the whole moment where Cindy Lou Who stands up to the mayor about uh, trying to get the Grinch to be the cheermeister. Yeah. I love the fact that the crowd gets behind the little girl after a while, and it's a really neat uh, story to tell people of, like, young people can do things if they put their minds to it. They can make change as long as they're willing to stand up for what they believe in and go to bat. Because a lot of times people make rules and they're just like, that's just the way it is. And a lot of people are like, okay, that's the way it is. And would just back down on that. But if you have the, the gall to go, no, that's not in the rule books. That's not there. You know, let's change. Yeah. So I really appreciate that great, moment. Yeah, great message of like, yeah. you can make a change. Even one voice can make a change. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a great moment and a great uh, lesson for kids to learn. One thing that I do find funny about that moment, though, hmm. is showing the power of her, but then showing the sheepishness mm-hmm. of crowds. Oh, yeah. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, we're totally behind her. And then the mayor's like, but what if? And they're like, oh, we love the mayor again. And Cindy loses, but, but the Grinch. And they're like, yeah, the Grinch. And they just go back and forth yeah. during that whole argument. And I'm just like, wow. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. Mm, yeah. Stop showing. Uh, you know, they don't. They don't have a voice for themselves. Yeah. Just yeah. make me laugh. Yeah. So, uh, the next thing I have is Jim Carrey's side mouth. <laughs> um, I don't know why it's such a neat little tick for the Grinch. Yeah. Uh, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I I, I can't do it. No. Fully, no one can do it. But it's like he he talks out of the side of his mouth like this. And it's super weird. It's super weird. Yeah. But it works for the Grinch. Like, it gives him this, like, weird flair. And I'm not exactly sure why Jim Carrey did it or what was going through his head, why that happened. But every time he does it, it just, I get a little tickle of just like, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. awesome. So I just had to point it out specifically. Yeah. Speaking of things that the Grinch does, I love his humor. In this movie, uh, I really like the whole practical jokes that he plays on people, that he's not super actually mean, that he's more just like a prankster, yeah, a kid. And I like his little like wink, wink, nudge, nudge moments Yeah, that I get a kick out of now that definitely went over my head as a kid. No. Yeah. I get you. Um, <laughs> anything else for the does hold up? Uh, oh, it... um. It is a classic story of being hurt so much that you are going to push people away and hurt mm-hmm. them first. I I think it's a great representation of that, of showing what can happen if that's your coping mechanism. Yeah. Is you can become a Grinch like that. You can yeah. be alone and miserable if you don't change. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, I think that's good. Okay. We're going to move into the doesn't hold up. Some of the stuff that we just don't like in this movie that just doesn't work anymore. Um, speaking of the Grinch's coping mechanisms, mm-hmm. I feel like you're probably going to have this on, on your list as well. I do. It's a terrible representation of coping. Yes. Like, 
I get what they were going for because that is what happens. You push people away so that you can't get hurt. But, like, sheltering himself and becoming a recluse and living in garbage and all this stuff and being really mean to people is like, that's far. Really, really yeah. far. And then it comes to, like, physical things that he does with, like, the toy monkey that claps his hand, the mm-hmm. little symbols or whatever. Yeah. And he puts his head in between it, like, letting to himself get hit. Noise. To drown off noise. And it's like, that's not okay, and that's not mm-hmm. a great thing to be showing people. Yeah. So, like, I appreciate that they went for it, but, man, it, it took a bad turn. Yeah, it went a little far. Uh, also, staying on the Grinch real quick, I don't like the pranks that he pulls. <laughs> like, I get it. You need to not make him, like, punching people in the face and stuff like that, but... It just seems, I, this is a kid's movie, but it seems overly childish. Like, here's scissors, go run with them. Like, well, what? To be fair, he did leave society when he was a small child. I had a feeling you were going to say that. <laughs> but he has obviously been back to society since. So he he's seen. Sure, he's not going to be fully developed as if he had stayed there the whole time, but... He burps, and one of the things that I really don't like about his pranks is the toxic burp towards the beginning of the movie. He burps in this guy's face, and you see it. Green mist, green cloud comes out of him, and then the dude faints because it's toxic. What? I mean, he is just eating toxic sludge. He's eating garbage, yes. But it's just a little overboard with how childish that one i'll give you that one is not a great moment but the rest of them are just so classic <laughs> to you to you um <laughs> is okay. your refrigerator what running I'll... well you better go catch it yeah that one's fine that one's fine <laughs> um what do you have in your dozen told up session? uh talking about the humor that i love so much there's just too much of it too much of the adult humor too much of that like uh, uncomfortable kind of humor that yeah. if you're sitting there watching with a kid, you're like, ooh, that's not great. Yeah. There's not a nice balance between what's there for adults and what's there for kids. That Yeah, I was just going to say that. I was going to mention that. It seems like the studio didn't really have an idea of how to balance them. Like Disney and Pixar and, you know, some of the modern child movies, they do a really good job where Mm -hmm. it's like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey, parents, did you catch that? Mm -hmm. But it's not overt. Where in Grinch, it's like there's a lot of overt adult jokes and it goes a little too far where you're like, this isn't a kid's movie, nor is it an adult movie. It's a weird combination of both and it just misses the mark. Yeah, it's... Yeah. yeah. You you didn't take it too far in one direction. Oh, yeah. So it just doesn't know what it wants to be. All right. Something I really want to get into here. The love story. Yeah. Doesn't hold up for me. No. At all. It doesn't make sense. It's completely unnecessary. Like, why is it there? What, like you said, what does she love about the Grinch? Why does the Grinch like her? And I know they're, they're like grade school. So yeah. a lot of it's just based on, you're cute. Let's play at recess. But come on. To have an undying love like that, unless they're like, it's true love. Like that kind of story trope. It makes absolutely no sense. Like she can maybe have an infatuation with him still, but like. 
the love that never was and you're kind of curious about maybe what it could have been sorry i kicked my camera <laughs> um i don't even think it's reset to where it was me there we go um like yes having that like ooh, what could have been but like she's 100 percent in love with him still and it makes zero sense which is why i said earlier it would have been cool to have like teenage grinch like he gets mad as a kid and he kind of becomes a recluse and then maybe he tries to come back to society and rejoin and they have a moment again, they go on a date or something, and then it's messed up again. Or he still leaves her little things. Yeah, like something. Like one or the other. But like the love story just seems so out of place, and it's like, this movie didn't need it. Yeah. At all. Yeah. What else I you got? just, I don't like that part. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't, it doesn't work that the Grinch is naked a lot. <laughs> it is. Speaking of adult jokes. I don't, yeah. Uh, he is pretty much naked a lot of the movie, including when Cindy Lou Who comes to visit him in his cave. Mm. Like, he wears clothes. He knows what they are. Yeah, we see him in overalls, and we see him in shirts, and we see him in the Santa outfit. But he just is naked. Yeah. And... It's not a great look, and it's very inappropriate when you actually realize what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, speaking of the Grinch being naked all the time, the backstory doesn't work for me either. I know that's like a huge part of this movie, but there's just aspects of it where I'm like, what and why? Why, like, I we have a question section later, so I'll get into some of this then, but the Grinch is green. He looks like nobody else. We don't explain any of that. This is another thing that I have in my doesn't hold up is explanations in general. This movie refused to give you explanations for anything. But what is the Grinch? Where did he come from? Why is he different? Like, if you're going to go and create an entire backstory for this character, why didn't you answer some of these questions that people have? Yeah. Instead, you threw in a weird love story that just doesn't make any sense. And you only gave us a scene of him as a baby and a scene of him in like fourth grade or whatever it is mm -hmm. if you're gonna go go all in give us all the backstory again you just said the short was 26 minutes long only and the book is like 15 pages so you only needed 26 minutes of the movie to tell the grinch story we all know you had another hour and 20 minutes to explain things and you just didn't yeah i know less about the grinch after this movie than I do after reading the book. Hmm. Sure. Yeah, he just exists, apparently. <laughs> I, I just, I don't get it, and I don't like it. Yeah. Well, speaking of the backstory, uh, Baby and Kid Grinch are super creepy looking. Oh, yes, they are. That was uh, on my list. Baby, in particular, is super creepy. Like, everyone got on it about uh, on uh, Twilight Breaking Dawn about Baby... Renesme yeah. being creepy. Twilight's a movie about vampires and werewolves based on a book. Because I know some of you probably didn't see it. <laughs> it was a big thing for a while. It's bad. We'll never cover it because it doesn't hold up. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they they were super on about that character being really creepy as a baby, and this has that beat. Yeah. Oh yeah. By like ten. Yeah. It's it's weird. Creepy. It's like a little puppet. So it's, like, even creepier. Mm -hmm. I hate it. 
I had I didn't have Young Grinch on here on my list, but I definitely had Baby Grinch, where it was just like, no. Yeah. If you don't like the Gremlins, I can't imagine what this Baby Grinch would do to you because it's yeah. worse. It's worse. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but the only reason it's not worse is because it's not evil and it's, it's only like things. 2 minutes of screen time. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean like <laughs> like it looks worse than yeah. the Gremlins. Um the another thing I have is the drab town like this is a town that's very jolly and merry and they love christmas and they love the whole season yet there's a lot of scenes in the town where it's just like colors are muted it's really crowded it doesn't seem fun like they made it a really depressing town for somebody that's a for for an area that's supposed to be so jolly and all about the holiday you know it's actually funny because Roger Ebert talked about that in his review, and I actually hadn't noticed that until reading that review and like did you hearing you talk. Now, I did. Uh, I and did. it's not it's, the whole time. Yeah, it's There's a moments. lot more muted than I anticipated it to be. Yeah. Like it should be more colorful. I guess I n- it was never an issue for me because I didn't really notice it. Yeah, well, you don't pay attention to it. It's just things exist until you start really having to analyze and and look at a movie, and then it's like things like this pop up. Yeah. So. What else you got? Uh, the Grinch is a little bit too much of an a-hole. Uh, that was the last thing on my list is unlikable Grinch. Yeah. He doesn't really ever do much to make us like him. And he's just a little too mean about everything. Yeah. And it's like childish mean, which is just really annoying. And therefore, it's just like, man, I can't like you because you just annoy the crap out of me the whole movie. Yeah. Like he goes a little too hard. When he gets that shaver and after the whole uh, cheermeister thing. Yeah. Where he literally burns down their tree. Mm-hmm. Like, you went a little hard there. Yeah. I just, I don't care for that. Any it's other? a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. <laughs> um, Do yeah, you have he's more? Just, he's just unlikable. Yeah. Everything about him, like, we needed some moments of him, I don't want to say, like, second-guessing what he's doing. But just moments of, like, contemplation from him. Something to make us connect with him so that when he changes at the end, it matters. Yeah. But I just didn't like him. So when he changes at the end, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Right, move on. Yeah. Uh, I don't have anything else in the dozen told up. Okay. Do you? I have a few. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Cindy Lou Who has terrible parents. Absolutely terrible parents. Yeah. They never know where she is. They never know where their sons are. It was in my knit orchard, the lack of parenting oh, in yeah, this no. movie. It, I think it's, I mean, without that lack of parenting, this movie doesn't exist. Yeah. Because she City would, Lou doesn't get to go around asking questions. Or going up to the mountain by herself. To see naked Grinch. To see naked Grinch. Like, <laughs> this is not, like, they're literally like, oh my gosh, where have you been? And then take their eyes off her and she disappears she just, again. Yeah, she so dips it's like, constantly. What the yeah. heck? Yes. Uh let me see. Oh, I think that's it. Uh, only other thing is there is definitely some just going along with the massively inappropriate adult stuff is like the swinger party at the beginning. Uh, of the can movie. you stop just stealing all of my knits? <laughs> These aren't like I thought I, I put them in my knits because it wasn't like something big that ruins the movie for me that doesn't hold up. It's just something small. 
that yeah. I wanted to discuss, but you well, just kept stealing them. Then huh? let's just go to the knits. Yeah. Well, I'm almost out of knits now. I'm not. <laughs> um, yeah, I had, I had a lot written down. I had the lack movie. of parenting and the fact that there's a swinger party at the beginning of the movie. But, you know, go ahead. What's your knits? Oh, going into the knits? Yep. We're visiting the orchard. All right. Uh, it would honestly suck to get a notice of every minute until Christmas. Except that doesn't happen every minute. So for it to happen the random one time it does in the movie was so weird. Yeah. But they literally have a person stationed right by the countdown clock to call out times until Christmas. Well, it happens twice. I know. He calls out four hours until Christmas. But it makes very little sense. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't bother me because if it was happening more often, it would bother me. But it happened twice. I barely noticed it. I would also hate to be the person that had to sit there. It don't matter. I'm getting paid, ain't I? But also going off of the four minutes, four hours left till Christmas, the Grinch could not have gotten all the things done in the one night that he got done. Why? Santa can. Except he had to make a suit, make the sleigh, make it able to fly, make all you the things to get rid of stuff. Like He could be super fast. There is no way. Um, At least, I think in the 18... 18- uh, 2018 version like he's working on this for like a week or something like that because he has mm-hmm. to have time to get the reindeer yeah. so it makes a little more sense but no Grinch could not have gotten this done in one night uh, maybe I don't know I don't see it as a knit because we don't know his, the extent of his powers because one of my knits is why is the Grinch so super strong it's true so maybe he's super fast too we don't know um, but beyond him being super strong, which is just super weird and doesn't make any sense because he's just supposed to be like a, a abnormal who. Yeah. One that just looks different. He, he is a who, but he's, I don't know, it's weird. Um, one of the big things is there are micro people in Whoville. Yeah. Like people who are the size of my hand only, but there's only like four of them. Who are they? Where did they come from? Why do they exist? Who thought that was a good idea? Yeah, I guess Grinch isn't the only one who looks different, but he's the only one who got bullied Shunned? enough. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's super weird. I don't understand why there's those people in these Who's, in this Whoville. It was unnecessary. Yeah. I guess so that we could get a mini car for the Grinch to drive around during his rampage. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's all super for the weird. Sake of the joke. I don't like it at all. Yeah. All right. What else you got? Uh, classroom gift giving is a terrible idea. And but it, it happens puts pressure on people and we should stop that nah. literally well she specifically says hey bring in a gift for someone special what if you're the one kid that doesn't get anything then you're not special yeah you know how sucky that is no i do sucks to be you yeah and it sucks and it creates grinches so my next knit is nowhere in the book uh i don't have the book with me my mother owns the book I'm either going to call her or, Mom, if you're watching this or listening to this, uh, let me know the answer. But I don't think anywhere in the book it says that this Whoville is on a snowflake. Mm -hmm. And yet this movie takes it upon itself to be like, hey, this entire event is happening on a snowflake. Dude, what? That makes no sense. At least uh, in Horton Hears a Who, where there's also Who's, they're on a speck. Yeah. They're on a dust speck, which can travel around and stuff. Snowflakes are finite. They have a finite amount of time before they either hit the ground and melt, depending on where they are, 
they hit the ground and add into a bunch of other snow, which would cascade onto Whoville and really change everything for them. Or they would get swept away in the wind and their whole world would do 360s and tumbles constantly. I mean... It's weird. Don't we all have finite time? Like, the the Earth has finite time? I have way more time than a snowflake. Well, this is this was going to go into my questions, but I kind of have to ask it now. Is this time just trying to show off relativity? I don't know. Time and space? Because, you know, they've been there for generations. On a so snowflake. clearly why their time you, is slowed. Why did you make that choice? You just didn't have to. Yeah. You could have just not. You still could have had the same opening where we're going through all the snowflakes and been like, it's winter, so it's snowing. But you decided to be like, they're on a snowflake. Awful, awful decision. I hated it. All right. What else you got in your nits? Uh, Mama Lou, def- Dom- Mama Lou Who, I should say, uh, definitely killed someone when taking that stoplight. Yeah, absolutely. There's a crash. She kills someone, all in the sake of van- vanity. Yeah. Yeah. What else? I have, um, the, uh, the, his heart growing three sizes would definitely kill him. Yeah, we all know that. Yeah. It didn't actually grow. It's just the love in his heart grew. Pressuring someone to marry you in a public setting. Is it pressure, though? It was she pressure. She could have said no. I mean, he was like, hey, here, have this uh, have this giant ring. Yeah. Oh, and a new car. Now, let's put a timer on with the music. Yes, and, the timer uh, was a little much. Let's get everyone to count down. But she also could have just been like, no. Listen, but you then have he- the option to say no. You don't have to say yes just because somebody proposes in public. Yeah. It's just, it is humiliating. Yeah, it's a weird it scene. No. I don't, I, I hate that moment. Yeah. Uh, what else you got in your nets? Anything? Uh, unrealistic standards on baby delivery. <laughs> Did not need to go into how babies arrive in this world. I mean, you could have literally had the same thing with just the Grinch showing up that way. And it would have explained a little bit more of why he's different. Yeah. Because he's clearly not supposed to be there. Yeah. yeah. So it's like... Yeah. Again, it's the it's this adult stuff you put in a movie that you don't need to when it's for kids. Or if you didn't show that he looked like the Grinch in the basket before he was left out all night. So, like, maybe that's why he used yeah. the Grinch. But just, like, unnecessary. Yeah. And leads to odd conversations with children later on. You got any more nicks? <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I wish... The reason the Grinch didn't like Christmas was more for the gift giving and like the gluttony of it all rather than Well, that's being exactly bullied. what it's supposed to be. I don't know what this movie was thinking. Yeah. It was in my questions of like why did they change this? Uh in the in the book and in the nineteen sixty six short, it's all about he hates the sound, the mm-hmm. excessive sound, and the gluttony of presents and lights and food and all that. So he decides to take it all so that he can stop that. Because that's the stuff he doesn't like. It has nothing to do with Christmas. It just happens to be that it falls on Christmas. You know? Yeah. And here they were like, no, no, no. He's a glutton. He doesn't care about any of that. We sh- We get the one scene of him being like, I don't like noise. Which yeah. I guess is something. But then it's more about like as a baby Grinch, he just he already hates Santa. When he's in school, he's drawing a picture of Santa's sleigh being blown up. So it's clearly that he does it because he hates Christmas and it's weird and I don't know why they changed it. Yeah. Yeah, it bothers me. Uh, um, last thing. Yeah. And it was supposed to be my doesn't hold up moment, but I completely missed it. Uh, 
pet abuse for Max. Yeah. He literally throws him off a cliff. He does terrible things to this dog. And they did it much better in the 2018 version, the animated one, where he's still, like, not nice to the dog, but it's more like an indifference than... It's cold. He gives him the cold shoulder yeah. the whole time. Rather than physical abuse. And Absolutely. that's not something we want to show to kids being like, yeah, it's okay to pick up your dog and just throw him off a mountain. <laughs> They'll be okay. Yeah, absolutely. Like, totally unacceptable. All right, going into fun times with Google. I really only have one that I want to share. Um, there was some really good stuff, but this was one that just stuck out to me because I know it's one of your favorite scenes in this entire movie is the Grinch is at a table setting and he does the whole like magician thing where he rips the tablecloth out under out from under. But his whole goal is instead of getting everything to stay there, he rips it all off so that everything will get destroyed. But Jim Carrey did it too well and he pulled the tablecloth and everything stayed exactly where it was. And then he walks off and then runs back and just pushes everything off and flips the table and all that good stuff. And that entire scene wasn't supposed to happen that way. Yeah. But this just goes to show when you have a good actor and a director who understands what they're doing, you don't immediately see something mess up and just go, okay, cut, let's reset, let's try it again. Mm -hmm. He kind of let it play out and you get some good magic out of it. Oh yeah, I love that moment. It is so, it, it's like added on to the fact that it was a mistake Yeah. and that's how he improvised it. Yeah. Like, that makes it that much better. Because he was in character. He just went with it. Yeah. Uh, do you have any fun time with Google? Yeah. Uh, I have that Bryce Dallas Howard, the actor, filmmaker, and daughter of the director of this movie, actually has a cameo in this film. And oh, really? she's credited as Surprised Who. Quite an interesting name. Yeah. We'll put her on screen for those of you watching it on YouTube. Yeah, if you're if you watch if you are a visual watcher and would like to see <laughs> clips from the movie of what we're talking about, we do put our podcast up on YouTube, on our YouTube channel as well, so that you can get a video with it, see our smiling faces and some clips from the movie. If you're listening to this on any of the places that the podcast is available that's not visual, watch the movie. And you can see her. Yeah. Because uh, I don't remember exactly what scene she is in, but I remember. Uh, what she it, looks like. I think it's during the whole um, Grinch rampage. It might be. I think it's during. I just remember that her. Moment. She has like bright red hair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what Jim else? Carrey uh, went out and got trained by CIA operatives to endure torture because he hated the suit so much. He felt like it was being buried alive yeah. every day, wearing the suit, and it. Because it was skin tight. Yeah, it was, it was pounds of latex and prosthetics yeah. and the hair and all that. So. so he got trained in how to endure torture that's crazy. to deal with this role. Yeah, that's crazy. It, the, yeah. Do what you got to do. Oh, yeah. And then my last one is the actress who played Cindy Lou Who, Taylor Momsen, is the lead singer of a uh, like hardcore rock band called The Pretty Reckless. I love it yeah. so much. I actually really do enjoy this band. Um, one of their most famous songs is uh, Makes Me Want to Die. And that is so funny. Going like, this is the purest of pure little girls in this movie. Who became a Grinch. Got it. Who became like, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Separate from the world. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, you took the wrong lessons from this movie, little girl. Yeah. That's funny. Um, all right, going into our question section. Mm -hmm. Some of them are unanswerable. Some of them are answerable. Let's cool. find out. Do you have any? I have two. Okay, what do you got? Oh, sorry. I have one because I already asked the one about the relativity. All right, what do you got? 
Um, why is Cindy Lou Who on top of the Grinch's sleigh at the end of the movie? Like, why does she think she can find him up there? I have no idea. <laughs> like, there's Maybe no the reason for this character to climb all the way up on top of that what? sleigh. Just needed a reason for the Grinch to somehow get really strong again and pick up the sleigh, even though he's been strong the entire time, and I'm not sure why he couldn't stop it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I have a few. Okay. Two of them kind of go together. Why is the Grinch green, and why does he live in a garbage mountain? Uh, gr- why he's green... No clue. Yep, unanswerable. They're unanswerable. Why he's living on a garbage mountain is he still needs supplies, but doesn't want to be a part of society. So what better to do than use the garbage? Of unanswerable. Them? There's no answer why he eats garbage or and why he lives in garbage mountain. He, he lived on the any, mountain before they made it garbage mountain. I mean, he doesn't do it in any of the other forms of this story. So yeah. it's just weird. Um. A couple more things. These ones are all answerable, though. Oh, so okay. I'm expecting answers. Would you rather get a sequel or a reboot to this movie? Reboot. I don't really want more to this story. I think it was wrapped up nicely at the end. I feel like if you try to tell another story with these characters, it's just like, eh, their story's over. So I'd rather get the reboot and get the backstory that we deserved. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Would you rather be a who or a Grinch? I'd probably be, I'd rather be a who. Okay. Simply because they just seem to be more peaceful, more joyous than the Grinch. I well, don't, you don't know. The Grinch is pretty joyous at the end. That's fair, but when you say the Grinch, I assume you mean beginning of the movie Grinch. Just a Grinch, not the Grinch. Would you rather be a who or a Grinch? I would rather be... A, uh, I'd rather be a who, because I'm already a Grinch. I'd rather be a who. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Uh, last question. Um, if you could take any piece of memorabilia from this movie, what would you want? One thing. Ooh. Off the top of my head, I'd go with uh, Cindy Lou Who's teacup hat. I think it's so cute. I would never be able to wear it with the tea in it because it would just spill all over the place. I'm, Spilled on her too. Yeah, I'm not coordinated at all, but I think it is so adorable. What would you, what would you get? Um, I would definitely take the Grinch's suit. Okay. Like, the, wait, the the Santa Claus suit or just Grinch himself? The Grinch suit. Okay. The Grinch suit, the one that Jim Carrey wore. Okay. That's why I said the Grinch suit. Probably super sweaty, but okay. Not not the Santa suit. The Grinch suit. I know, but that's still probably super sweaty. <laughs> I don't care. I'm sure it's been washed. Maybe. He didn't put on the same suit for three months straight while filming or however long this movie took. They definitely had to wash it at some point. Fair. So it's washed. Uh, but it'd just be interesting. I would frame it and put it on my wall. <laughs> you wouldn't wear it? No. Fair. Uh, first of all, I'm not the same size as Jim Carrey, so definitely would not fit me. And two, no, I ain't ripping it. <laughs> all right. Uh, next up, we have our wonderful tss, hot take. <laughs> what do you got? Um, my hot take is that Grinch should not have given the presents back. They should have fallen off the cliff. Okay. Um, I think the whole message of, you know, having Christmas without gifts, without having that consumerism aspect to it was an important one to this movie. And the fact that they got all their stuff back at the end kind of takes away from that story and okay. that lesson that they learned because clearly 
everyone got their stuff back, so they're not really going to learn this lesson. Yeah. They'll learn it for like this Christmas, but next Christmas, it. it's going to be just the same. So I feel like there should have been the consequence of they don't get the stuff back. Understandable. What about you? Um, this is going to telegraph the ending of this episode from me. But my hot take is this movie should have never been made. Cool. Okay. That, that is quite I, a hot I take. I don't think there was a reason. I think we had the book. We had the short. They tried to make a an, uh, live action version before and it just fell apart. And there's a reason why they haven't tried it since. Yeah. I just don't think this movie needed to be made. So, question on that. If it was not as adult joke heavy, Mm -hmm. would you like this movie more? It Maybe. If they would have went full kids movie here... I think the movie might have played better, but that means it's a completely different movie. Mm. It's not just getting rid of the adult jokes. You have to get rid of the love story, backstory thing. You have to get rid of the, like, I guess you could keep the bullying in because it's a good lesson for kids. Yeah. But there's, like, major aspects of this film that disappear if you make it more kid-friendly. Okay. And so it's a completely different movie, and I do think it would have played better. But for me, it's the way this movie's made... It should have never been made. That's my hot take. Cool. Actually, you know what? That doesn't even mean that it doesn't hold up for me because it was made and I have to judge it on if it holds up or not because it was made. All right. Going into our final territory. Well, second to final. I don't count final thoughts. Oh. That's just the wrap up. Okay. Um, (laughs) Our final category is, as always, our awards section. Mm -hmm. First award is the most replayable scene. What do you got? I have a scene that you've already said you don't care for, but oh the uh, Grinch's petty crime spree. Oh. I love it. I, I get a kick out of every single time, and I know the rest of the movie is going to be a joy for me. See, I'm, 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 I'm fine with that. I don't mind the fact that he goes on a little joyous, mean spree. It's the things he does. Like I said, the running with scissors is like, that's not kid friendly and i know that's kind of the point but it's like that's a really bad kid movie prank the I mean, burp is it was just stupid not scissors whatever it was <laughs> the idea of running with scissors though yeah like i feel like they could have done different things and made that scene a lot better but it is fun to watch to an extent yeah i enjoy the crap out of it of course you do of course you do. i do I mean, you, I don't know, uh, you hate the love story, so my scene doesn't work as well for you either. Hmm. Uh, my most replayable scene is the Grinch gets the girl at the end. Okay. She slides off the sleigh and is like, I love the Grinch. And I, Jim Carrey's reaction to that and the little dance he does, it just tickles my funny bone. That is super relatable. <laughs> it tickles my funny bone. And then when he shakes the mayor's hand and says no hard feelings... And the mayor does shake his hand, which is crazy. Yeah. But then the Grinch just laughs in his face. And it's like, clearly the Grinch hasn't changed at all. Yeah. And he just laughs in his face and then tells him to buck up. It's Christmas. I love it. It's so <laughs> odd. But Jim Carrey's little dance? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Also, just, yeah. It's great. It's great. Okay. Uh, next up, we have... 
our what award. Mm -hmm. Which is just a terrible line read or a terrible line. Yes. What do you got? I have, uh, during the the back uh, backstory scene, mm -hmm. uh, when the Grinch is picking up the tree in the classroom. Yeah. And everyone's giving their comments of what was happening at the moment. And Mary Martha May goes, uh, the muscles. Oh, yeah. The grown-up. The grown-up yeah. Martha May. Yeah. Is yeah. literally, like, orgasming to the memory yeah. of the Grinch picking up memory a Christmas tree. Memory of 10-year-old Grinch picking up a Christmas tree. Super awkward. Yeah. Uh, it's also just the way she says it is really it weird, was, too. It was tied with the, once again, backstory part where the Grinch is making the present for Martha May. And he's like, oh, Martha. Oh, Christmas. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> that grown-up stuff sneaking in again. Yeah. My what award goes to a bit player, just like the guy who the award is based off of from mm -hmm. Jaws. It's a bit player. And it's where the Grinch comes down to accept his award. And some guy screams in the crowd, let's put him in the chair of cheer. I hate it. <laughs> it's such a stupid line. It, it. No offense to the guy. It's like... It's the director, Ron Howard's dad or uncle or somebody related to him that he just put in the movie, which is, I think, awesome. Yeah. Like, if you have the power to do that, that's so cool. I mean, he put his daughter in there, so. <laughs> well, yeah, and his brother. Yeah. And his mom. So. Why not? all make an appearance, which is awesome. You have the power, man. Do it. It's so cool. Don't give him, like, starring roles, though, because no. that's just well, ne nepotism at its finest. Bryce Dallas Howard might be able to do it now. Yeah, she had to earn her own way, though. Fair. Um but so whoever it is, it's just, it's such a weird line. I hate the way he says it. And it's just a stupid written line. The chair of cheer. Yeah. And then the Grinch repeats it like four times What's to ask chair what cheer? it is. And literally, do you know what I hear every time that scene plays? Hmm. The chair of cheer. No idea. The chair of chair. Chair of chair. Chair of chair chair. That's all I hear. I can't. <laughs> It, it makes, it's no sense. Yeah. It's nonsensical. And it's not even like susical nonsensical. Mm -hmm. It's just bad writing. Yeah. So. All right. Next up, we have our scientist award, which goes out to Norman Osborn from 2002 Spider-Man. You know, I'm something of a scientist myself. Most memeable moment. Yes. What do you got? I have the Grinch trying on clothes when he tries on the yodeler's clothes to go to the, the, to be the cheermeister. Yeah. And he's just like, ooh, ah, ooh. That's it, I'm not going. Yeah. Like, it gets me every time, and it's definitely, I've had those moments of like, all right, what, I'm going to try stuff on, figure out what I'm going to wear. You know what? I don't have anything to wear. I'm not going. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great moment. Um, my most memeable moment goes to Young Grinch throwing the Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. Mostly because I think it works on two levels. Mm -hmm. I think it works on the level of if you hate Christmas, you can meme it and be like, get this crap out of here. Get out of here. If you hate the fact that people decorate for Christmas before Thanksgiving, you can also meme it in that way. You know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Screw it. I'm going to call him out because I know he's going to listen. Maddie from the No Nerds Were Harmed podcast. Shame. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You did it. You decorated on Halloween, man. It's Dude, too early. It's Thanksgiving. I want to meme this and send it to you of just, <laughs> it's not even Thanksgiving yet. You just toss the tree. 
Um, but then I also think, that, think it works on the way of if you love Christmas, you can send this to somebody and be like, ah, you love, I love Christmas. You love Christmas. Ah, and throw a tree at them. So this like works on three levels. Yeah. It's a great I moment. Like it. I could meme the crap out of it. I like it. All right. Um, <laughs> it, you guys could definitely go and listen to the No Nerds Who Are Harmed podcast. It's a good time. Uh, they just did a wonderful episode of a Christmas movie draft. They could pick any Christmas movie ever, but if somebody else took your pick, you couldn't pick it again, and it was a good time. Yeah. Um, okay. Next up, we have two of our new awards for the holiday season. We have Most Magical Moment. Mm-hmm. Want to go first? Sure. Go for it. Uh, all of the Who's coming together after their presence was stolen to sing. I, the music just gets me in that moment yeah. where it's just like, you were all super down. You kind of learned your lesson and you're coming together to be a community and lift each other up in this time. And I think it's so magical. That's awesome. Um, my moment is actually the one that directly precedes your moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I love where Lulu Who as the mayor's like getting angry about everything missing and he just stands up and is just like, I'm glad he took our presence. And then you get like this hushed awe over the crowd of like, what did he say? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden he just goes on and he's like, Hey, she's been right. Cindy Lou's been right this entire time. This isn't what it's about. Like it's okay. And we're, we're all healthy. We're alive. We're good. You know, like, and then all of a sudden, everybody's just like, yeah. And it's just such a great moment because that's what this movie was leading to. Mm-hmm. And it delivered perfectly. Yeah. So, yeah, no, big fan of that moment. It is such a great moment. Next award is the most relatable Grinch moment. Mm-hmm. So what Grinch moment did you relate to the most? Mine was him talking about his schedule. Okay. <laughs> yep. Him going like, uh, so lay on the couch, stare at the ceiling, six thirty dinner with myself. I can't. I can't get, cancel. I can't that cancel again. that again. Like those kind of useless things that he does. Like that, it feels like my schedule. <laughs> yeah. Uh. You, yeah. That's great. It's great. Um. Yeah. My most relatable Grinch moment is when he's deciding to go to the party to become the chairmeister. And he's walking towards the door, trying to convince himself to go. And it's just like, all right, I'm going to go, but I'm going to be fashionably late. Oh, nope. I had my fingers crossed. Should I go? Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. Because that's me. Yeah. People are like, hey, you want to you wanna hang out? And I'm like, yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. Oh, nope. Had my fingers crossed. That's just, that's who I am as a person. And I relate to it. And you need someone to push you out the door. I need Max Max to pull the rope and just send me. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to go and you're going to like it. Yep. Yeah. I usually always have a good time once I go wherever I'm going. It's just the idea of having to go there. Mm -hmm. I have to convince myself and I just love that moment. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, Last two awards. Mm -hmm. First up is our Jar Jar Binks Award. For the thing in the movie that held up the worst. Mm-hmm. Go for it. For me, it's a, a particular scene. Okay. When the Grinch is stealing Christmas and he gets to the mayor's house. And the mayor is dreaming about Martha May. 
And so Grinch kind of plays into it while bringing Max's butt to his mouth so mm. that he can kiss Max's butt. And we get the yep. CGI look on the dog's face of like, <gasps> like, oh, I oh, can't yeah. believe you just did that. Like, yep. it is so gross, so unnecessary. And I just, I, I hate it. I hate it so much. I, <laughs> I Here's the thing. I don't think the writers understood children's comedy. And that's why there's so much adult stuff, because that moment is, is bad. Yeah. I don't think anybody laughs at that no so uh my jar jar being award goes to the pacing of the movie uh i think it's all over the place uh it's a really terrible roller coaster where you're going up and it's like click 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 click, and then you think you're gonna drop but instead it just levels out and then it starts climbing again and then it just levels out and then you're like okay i'm at the top we're really gonna get into this roller coaster now and it gives you like a two foot dip and then just levels out again yeah (laughs) It's just, it's all over the place. I, I, I don't know. I yeah. can't stand it. So, uh, last award is our Paul Rudd Award because the man never ages. So, this is for the thing that holds up the best yep. from this movie. Yeah. I'm going to go first. Okay. Actually, I'm going to go for both of us because I guarantee you have the same exact answer. Probably. So, we're going to say it. We're going to try to say it at the same time because it'll be fun. Ready? Okay, One, yeah. two, three. Jim, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey as the Grinch. Yeah. Just, it's Jim Carrey. <laughs> Guys, it's not even close. Jim Carrey is the best thing about so this movie. Um, If they, again, 26 minutes short of just him doing Grinch stuff, I'm in. Mm-hmm. It is. It's so good. Yeah. Like, he is the Grinch for me, like I yeah, said. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, you want to go into final thoughts? Yeah. Go ahead and start us out. Or do you want me to start? Uh, I can start. All right, so, go for it. Uh, as I said before, I absolutely love this movie. It's my number two holiday movie of all time. That being said, it's not a good movie. <laughs> There's so much wrong with it, and I didn't even realize how much was wrong with it until we sat down and watched it for this podcast. Because I had to actually take a note down of like everything that I saw that worked or didn't work. And just the things that didn't work just kept coming. And I have a feeling coming. that everything you said in this podcast is only like 60% of what you probably wrote down. Yeah. I wrote down a lot. Yeah. But uh, it just... The negatives outweigh the positives. And unfortunately, they added too much to this movie that just didn't work. And still doesn't work. And unfortunately, because of that... On slim margins for me, this movie doesn't hold up, but it's like a fifty-five percent doesn't hold up. Fifty-five, forty-five. Yeah. Wow. I I just love this movie, and I think there's so much to love about it, but it there's too much that doesn't work. Okay, fair. Uh, I am not in the same camp. I am actually much farther apart than you are. Okay. I am ninety ten. Oh, 90-10, this movie doesn't hold up. Okay. It, it's it's boring. Like I said earlier, I wrote down that it was a two-hour-plus movie because it feels like a two-hour-plus movie, yet it's only an hour 44 minutes. So I'm not even sure where that extra time, that extra 30 minutes I thought was in this movie came from. But that's the idea of it's just, it's not a good movie. It's not well-written. Mm-hmm. It's not well-paced. The directing's good. Ron Howard's good. Some of the acting is, is weird. Some of the who's is weird. A lot of the acting's good. Jeffrey Tambor and Jim Carrey, just they crush it. Everybody else is kind of just, you're fine. Mm-hmm. But it's just the humor in it just doesn't, nothing in this movie really makes me laugh. Like Jim Carrey's little dance when he gets the girl chuckles. 
But, like, this is a comedy that doesn't have comedy. For me, anyway. Yeah. You know, you might I, die I laughing from this up. movie, and I that's love this fine. Movie. <laughs> but for me, it's just, I don't find joy in this movie. Yeah. And I used to. That's the crazy thing. When I first saw this movie, I was like, I love this movie. It's amazing. Then the next couple of times I watched it, oh, I love this movie. It's amazing. And then just over the years as I got older, I went, wait a minute. Maybe this isn't a good movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, my original Rotten Tomatoes score for me was probably, like, a 91. And slowly over the years, it's like, I don't, I can't even reach the 56 that it has. 56% it has. I'm in, like, the 30 range on this movie. I just don't like it. I have such a sad face on my <laughs> right now. Just. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just. I just. Yeah. If I never watched it again, like if somebody, you know, somebody give me a supercut of just Jim Carrey being the Grinch. Someone's probably already done it. That Yeah, I'll go find it on YouTube. But that's what I would watch. And I would be fine with that. I don't want to watch this movie. I just want to watch Jim Carrey be the Grinch. Okay. So I would love a reboot. Yeah. Put Jim Carrey back in the suit, but give it a better script. Although I highly doubt he'll ever get back in the suit. No. He's off doing a lot of other weird stuff, and I'll watch all of it anyway. All right, guys. Well, that was it for our episode on Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I think the consensus is... It does not hold up. Sadly for you. Yeah, very sad. So normally this is where I would talk about Tuesday and how we're going to have another short episode of Does It Hold Up? Doing Mm -hmm. something fun. But it's the holiday season, so we have decided to not do that right now yeah we're gonna um, forego those episodes yeah those, only no, the tuesday episodes only the tuesday every friday you're still gonna get a does it hold up with a new movie but we're gonna forego the tuesday ones until the new year until 2023 mm-hmm. while we reevaluate what we want to do with those episodes what we want to bring to you guys come up with some new ideas stuff like that and just kind of try to find a better product for you guys so sadly we won't have anything for you this tuesday but yep. come back next Friday for another holiday favorite. Not a holiday favorite. Not a, oh God, not a holiday favorite. Because next Friday is Avatar. Avatar. Way of the Water is coming out in theaters. So we're going to give you Avatar. Oh, that's another can't three hours of my life. Yeah, I can't wait to revisit <laughs> this. Um, there's so much good in it and so much bad. And I can't wait to see how it yeah. pans out. I can't wait to see. In the meantime, if you need your fix of some Does It Hold Up, make sure to check out all the older episodes as well. If you're a new listener, you can also come follow us on all of the socials to see what we got going on. On Twitter and Instagram, we are at Does It Hold Up 13. On TikTok, it's at Does It Hold Up with an underscore between each word. On Facebook, it's we have a Does It Hold Up fan page you can come like that and follow for some fun stuff and we have a youtube channel does it hold up put a little question mark at the end you'll find us we got good content on there we do like i said daily shorts of movie fun facts things you might not have known about a movie or little hidden details that you missed and we also do new movie reviews so we will also have a review for i want to go see violent night which is a new holiday movie but it's a horror movie so I'm going to get a review up for that. I know it came out this past weekend, mm-hmm. so hopefully we can get a chance to see it. And we're going to see Avatar Way of the Water, put up a review for that. So you can check out some good stuff on the YouTube channel as well. 
Thank you all for your support. If you're listening to us on any of the uh, podcast platforms, thank you. If you're listening to us on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, and share, and subscribe. Yep. And that's it. That's all I got. Yeah. So, for this holiday season, I would like one thing from you all. Keep watching movies. Bye. Bye.